0: On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brain that may be experiencing a little bit of deja vu. Don't worry. It's fine. You haven't listened to this already. Or maybe you have and just liked it so much that you're going back to it. I don't know. I don't control you. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. Back with you for the second Locked On Blue Jays episode of the day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I said I would double dip. We have two Fan Fridays to make up for the lack of Fan Fridays in the past couple weeks. I am delivering today. We are going to talk about the future of the Toronto Blue Jays, the 2019, the 2020. Because talking about the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays is depressing. And we don't need to do that for much longer. So let's not. Let's not do that. So we're going to talk about the lineup in the second and third segments. uh, Because that's the fresher question. But back when I was soliciting fan opinions uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the rotation and what Blue Jays would be in that rotation, what current members of the team would be in there. And it led to some interesting responses, some interesting thoughts from Blue Jays fans on who would be around and who would be in that rotation. And... I wanted to start with that and get that discussion going first, because there there's a really interesting discussion that that emerged from what I learned. So basically, the question I asked is how many 2019 Toronto Blue Jays starters are currently on the roster? And for the most part, fans were a bit pessimistic on how many there actually were. And we'll we'll start we'll start from top to bottom because. Um, Lost Little Pixie, leading off at Lost Little Pixie, said five. They're very confident that the Blue Jays will keep it internal, not have to go for a free agent signing, and have all five guys in the rotation, which I like. I'm I'm down with that. I I think a lot of other fans are too. If we're factoring in the DL, then Karen Souter at Karen Souter one, who's doing double duty today. Said two on the roster, two on the DL. At the time, Sanchez and Strowman both on the DL. So that's, that's, again, that's solid. I like that. And it was after that where it started getting more interesting and in seeing who Blue Jays fans thought would be in there. And the, the number... That was popping up a lot was three. And Lucky Stars at Bryce Guy 99, another double dipper, they said that. Um Sean Smith at Sean underscore W underscore Smith. Great follow. Uh, said three with Sean Reed Foley, Ryan Barucki, and either Marcus Roman or Aaron Sanchez. Is the money, and this is where it started getting interesting, because going through a lot of Blue Jays fans do not have faith that Marcus Stroman stays in this rotation, and this is before he came back and was only able to pitch an inning in two thirds against Tampa Bay. But no, it it was interesting to see that most fans are thinking either one or the other goes. Uh, E-Rock at Kronja 85. Didn't say much in the first half of today's double dip, but he's got a lot in the second half. Three, but Strowman isn't one of them, and they have Barucky Sanchez and Sean Reed Foley in that rotation. Doesn't see Marco or j Happ coming back when the Red Sox and Yankees are so far ahead of where the Blue Jays are right now. And... Because because of that, it's um, Erocks thinks that you know you keep stocking the cupboard, take advantage when the the younger players like your Miguel Andujar's and your Glaber Torreses and your Luis Severino start demanding more money, your Mookie Bats, Andrew Benintendi, Raphael Devers, and you can put the surge on then, and, and just continue the build and. Iraq likes what the management regime is doing and repeatedly has has to stick up for them, but just points to how Cleveland's contending in the central right now and with all its homegrown players and, and just build on that, which I do think is the right approach for Toronto, especially considering a lot of the position players are known, and we'll talk about that later on in the podcast, but the the pitchers kinda have to be discovered. And there, there aren't as clear options for the Blue Jays. And I think a lot of it's going to need, need to come back around and, and be discovered. But again, the, the fact that St- Stroman didn't factor in to many people was the interesting part. And it actually is taken further by Adam at Flames underscore Jays underscore 83, who says two. Sanchez and Baruchy thinking that Strowman gets traded if they can get decent value for him. And the fact that Strowman is repeatedly just knocked out and and traded. And it is traded. Like it's it's not even some of the other things where I saw that Marcus Strowman is essentially the next Tom Gordon, where he starts out as a starter and then gets converted into a closer. And no, it's just been outright trades, and the popular target has been Atlanta, but Atlanta already went out and got its starting pitching. They, they got Kevin Gossman from Baltimore. They they have all these young kids coming up that are probably going to be used to sustain them, and if Stroman is being traded from Toronto, Toronto's probably going to dem- demand at least two of those arms, be it Luis Gohara or Tukey Toussaint. Or Mike Soroka, who who's injured, so I guess that makes sense the way they got Julian Merriweather. But whatever. But but no, I just I just found it interesting how how much the respondents uh soured on Marcus Stroman when it comes to his long-term viability as a starter for the Blue Jays. And I think that it's interesting to look at that and and see Whether or not Strowman, even if he's not a starter, which Marcus Strowman is going to tell you he's a starter in this league, he's going to continue to go out there and try and prove he's a starter in this league, results be damned. But if you look at how he is pitched this season, it's been one where he's not been able to extend himself into games very often it's one where he's had more success in, in controlled smaller starts and it it does make you wonder whether or not he has the sustainability because because the other the other thing you look at in trying to determine how far Marcus Stroman can do can go is where he's giving up his runs. The problem with Marcus Stroman, though, is he's giving up runs pretty consistently across the board this season. He has a 521 ERA in the first inning, a 434 ERA in the second inning, a 550 in the third. So it, it's kind of the opposite of Aaron Sanchez, where Sanchez starts strong and then fades late. Stroman has just been repeatedly hit this year. And like it, it does get much worse the later you go on, it's a 6.61 ERA in the fifth inning, which is absolutely disgusting. You cannot be going out there and doing that. But if you look at how his batting average is, it's still pretty low in the first and second innings. He He's held people to a 2.46 ERA batting average in the second inning. So that may be a better indicator of what he's able to do in those shorter stints. But, yeah, the the, sec- the second to third time through the order for Marcus Stroman has just been absolutely terrible. And it, it does make you question a lot of things. I mean, there, there have been questions about Stroman. There have been questions about Sanchez. There have been questions about Ryan Barucky for some reason because Ryan Miller will not get off that train that Ryan Barucki is eventually going to be reliever. But it, it does make you wonder why the Blue Jays haven't looked at using openers, much like the Tampa Bay Rays. And I did have a conversation about this last night with one of the fans um, who decided to write to me. And I, I am stalling while I try and pull it up for you Find people so we can discuss it there we go it's from james at least fan 1993 who we were talking about marco estrada and and whether or not he's hurt and whether that's the reason why he's been completely ineffective lately and he brought up uh how tampa is making it work using these openers to try and bridge the gap and get their starters into more favorable positions in games and Something to look at potentially for guys like Strowman and Sanchez if if they continue doing this. And Tampa's ridden it with a pitching staff that has nothing outside of Blake Snell that really strikes fear into the hearts of players. Maybe with some of these younger arms like a Justin Schaefer, um, Zach Jackson when he comes up, Nick Pearson. I don't know if that's a route that the Blue Jays want to take and and try and get Sanchez and Strowman into better positions. I mean, they've had problems enough with number nine hitters this year, but it is something that is starting to get more looks in Major League Baseball. The Twins have been experimenting now. The Rangers have been doing it. It's starting to become more and more palatable to teams to have that opener go out and get like the first four guys and let the starter work against weaker opposition. And I, I'm i wondering whether or not that may be something that the Blue Jays look at with some of these younger arms next year. It will be interesting to see. I personally think there are at least four Blue Jays arms currently on the roster, and I t- still think Sanchez and Stroman are two of them. I think Baruchy's one. I think Sean Reed Foley's put himself in there, and it may be five, because they'll probably let Polino and Panone battle it out to see who gets the fifth slot. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's already in that, in that frame of mind where people are just wondering where the heck the Blue Jays go from here. We're going to talk about the lineups and where they go from here right after this. Okay, so I sent this out yesterday because a friend of the show, uh, Canada Flag, let's call them, at Jays in 2020, they posted a lineup for, tw- for 2020, you know, being very on brand, and I I wanted to get other people's thoughts on it because it- it's an interesting lineup the way they put it together. They-, they only have the lineup, so obviously rotation's not in there, but we just talked about the rotation, so it's fine. Just picture, you know, what I said. But it has uh, Danny Jansen catching, Rowdy Tellez at first, Lourdes Gurriel at second, Bo Bichette at shortstop, Vlad Jr. at third, Billy McKinney in left field, Randall Grichuk in center field, Kevin Biggio in right field, and then Teoscar Hernandez as a DH. And it's an incredibly young lineup. I think Grichuk would be the oldest member of that lineup, and he'd be like 29. In 2020, maybe 30. I, I don't know Randall's age off by heart. I'm sorry. But it it's an interesting way, like it's a complete overhaul of that Blue Jays lineup. Martin's gone, Tulowitzki's gone, like like all the placeholders are gone, Kevin pilar is gone, which we may talk about a little later on. But it's a very youth-heavy lineup, and if the Blue Jays are just not bothering with 2019, it becomes a question of do you actually follow through on that and get your younger players all that experience? And I, again, I wanted to see what people thought about it. So I put it out there, and some were very positive. A friend of the show, Irene M., at Orchid2424, said that lineup is out of this world. And Irene very high on that lineup, thinks it could potentially be you know something that does lead to success for the Blue Jays. On the other hand, you have gay baseball fan, another person pulling double duty today, saying it would finish fifth in the division, which may that that's that's not giving Baltimore enough credit for how bad Baltimore can be, but. You know, very, very pessimistic. A, a lot of guys would be learning at that point. That would be Bichette's first year, likely. Vlad Jr. would have a year under his belt. And Biggio would be expected to learn on the fly. But it, it gets interesting to see there. Um, uh, James, who we mentioned in the first segment, uh, said it's it's better than what they've trotted out most of the season, which. Given some of the out offensive output they've they've shown. I it's hard to argue that that point. Michelle at Michelle Haken said they would like to see Devin Travis in that lineup somewhere, maybe instead of Hernandez. And I think Travis has become kinda of interesting just being that tweener player, I guess. He's not a part of the old guard. He's not in that Martin Tulowitzki Donaldson kind of role. But he's not going to be as young as his counterparts and Kevin Pilar kind of falls into this category too. And so you wonder what the blue Jays are going to be thinking about and doing with guys like that. The, the solution for Kevin Pilar seems to be goodbye. Cause I, I think blue Jays fans are pretty fed up with the offensive performances he's given over the past few months. And just it's repeatedly with, Kevin Pilar, he'll be good for a bit and then just tail off for the rest of the year. Plays great defense, but if Randall Gritchick can go out there into center field and play defense, then, you know, what does Kevin Pilar bring to the team? And I don't, I don't see Kevin as the fourth outfielder type, not with the way his bat's inconsistent, the way he swings at a lot of things. So I think the team would be better off giving that slot to Anthony Alford and, and just letting Kevin go and, and chase, chase Ring somewhere else. So Travis becomes interesting in that he, he has some clear bats underneath him. He has Guriel, Bichette, Kevin Smith, Logan Warmoth, Santiago Espinal, all kind of coming up, and where does that leave Devin Travis? Does that leave him as trade bait to try and get more pitching help? It, it may very well be, and I know a lot of people will be upset about that. I know uh, original host of the program, Sean Doyle, would be upset about that. But that, that's the sort of thing that is going to come into play for the Blue Jays when determining how they're going to use all this prospect capital that they built up. and And it'll be interesting to see. We'll continue talking about that right after this message. All right, so we're going to continue talking about Jays in 2020's projected Blue Jays 2020 starting lineup. And one of the things that was brought up was that it is, well, it's very rookie heavy. Um, Deborah Stesiuk, which, again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Deborah. I I appreciate you doing double duty as well. I, I just, I'm not as great with my Ukrainian pronunciations. I apologize. But Deborah noted that it was very overweight on rookies. And you have to be realistic that some of these guys are doing great in AAA and AA, but there is still going to be an adjustment. You need veterans to keep an even keel and provide leadership and experience in stressful situations. A few more bets and Vets and they're in, and that's a good point. It's why kendris Morales is still on this Blue Jays team because he provides that veteran presence and that veteran leadership. And it's it's where I think Blue Jays fans would be more uh, amenable to keeping a guy like Justin Smoke, maybe who has that quiet veteran leadership or bringing in, you know, kind of like Curtis Granderson this year, a guy who's a great clubhouse presence who can provide certain tools off the bench and augment what teams can do. I said yesterday that I like bringing in A.J. Pollock on a one-year deal and maybe seeing if he wants to stick around or trading him for extra assets. And he could play in center field, moving Grichuk to right field, or he could play in right field and maybe have less wear and tear on his legs because Pollock is very injury-prone. But I, I think that may be what the Blue Jays look at because uh, one of the things that was brought up with this roster by Karen Souter was that Biggio playing in right field is a bit iffy. And Karen wanted to see if T. Oscar can maybe improve defensively and play uh, every day in left field, shift Billy McKinney over to right, and then Kevin Biggio can be the DH, which is interesting. And it it brought up uh, uh, something that Buck Martinez said during last night's broadcast. Uh, Don Colasante actually pointed this out at Big Cal 1964, that... Teoscar reminded Buck Martinez of George Bell when he first came up, being incredibly raw, having that having that power, but not really knowing what to do with it and not really being able to play good defense there. So Dom's in favor of just waiting and seeing if Teoscar can build on that and be an MVP candidate, an MVP winner like George Bell was. So George Bell is one of the forgotten Blue Jays in that he got an MVP before Josh Donaldson did. And if he can... Get to that point, and you can have like multiple MVP frets in the lineup. You can have Vlad Jr. in there. You can have Bo Bichette in there. You can have guys providing solid offense like Rowdy Telez and Billy McKinney. That's how you build a very tight offensive unit that will do a lot of damage, like the Red Sox, like New York, like Houston. That's what this team has to build towards we're we're in the early stages of it but it's starting to come in together a little bit and i think a lot of blue jays fans can see that although this whole exercise to to be fair and as as we'll see pointed this out at s will see we do this every year and not once has it ever been what we thought which is true It it's it's a thought exercise, but it's, it's something that we need to do well to, to kind of get through the dregs of the season. You, you can only watch so many Blue Jays-Rays games before you're like, what else could this possibly be in the future? Can, can I not look at Brandon Lau and Nick Chufo try, trying to solve Jake Petritschka? That's, that, that's why we do this, to, ha- to have some hope. And I hope I have given you all a, a solid double dose of entertainment today on the second installment of Blue Jays Fan Friday of the day. We're, we're getting there, folks. We're slowly making our way towards the end of it. Thank you all so much for for participating in this. Again, thank you to everyone who sent everything in over the past couple weeks. I'm sorry it's taken so long for, for me to put... Your thoughts, to words, and audio. But I'm glad I'm finally in a position where I'm able to do it. In a position to give you double the dose today. So I hope you all enjoyed that. Make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnJays. Follow the MLB network at LockedOnMLB. Follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. If you want to get in on this in the future, We'll, we'll keep doing them until, you know the cows come home and cavin biggio appears in the major leagues because it it's part of why I keep doing this to have these discussions with you the fans to have your input and hear your opinions and and kind of take away from it cuz cuz like my opinions change i don't think marco Estrada should be coming back anymore so that that's the sort of thing i look forward to as part of this fandom is being able to talk to you all and get your opinions so thank you all for sharing them with me thank you all so much for listening to this episode of locked on blue jays here on the locked on podcast network i've been ryan andrews again thank you so much i'll keep saying it thank you all so much for listening and y'all take care